Well, Ulysses, it's officially the MLB offseason. And to our disappointment, like many others' disappointment as well, the Houston Astros reigned victorious in the 2022 World Series. Yeah, so let's unpack it a little bit with a little bit of a race perspective and let's get started right now. You are locked on Rays. Your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sembrano. And we are the host of the Locked On Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making Locked On Rays your very first listen every day. And make sure you subscribe to all of our platforms, including YouTube as well. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at LockedOnRays. And you can email us anytime. We'll have off-season mailbag episodes as well, LockedOnRays at gmail.com. Well, Ulysses, as we alluded to in the opener, uh, it was not meant to be for the Philadelphia Phillies as they fall to the Houston Astros in the 2022 World Series. I think... uh, you know, 98% of uh, the baseball watching public were Phillies fans for uh, a week there. And talk about a World Series that had some ebbs and flows, ups and downs, peaks and valleys for really both these sides. I mean, such a swing in momentum when you talk about particularly from game three to game four in that series. Yeah, there, I mean, of course, we talked about that that first game, how impressive that comeback was by 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 the Phillies, and I honestly think this World Series united what 27, 28 fan bases. I mean, probably the Mets are not rooting for Phillies, and is that about it? Anybody else not rooting for the Phillies? I mean, I I, I don't. Yeah. It's pretty much it. Uh, so it, it you know we talked about that. You know, they had a chance, but they had to play perfectly. The Phillies had to because the Astros had no flaws. They had no flaws. Starting pitching, A+. plus. Uh, offense, A+. plus. Defense, A+. Plus. A bullpen. The bullpen, oh my goodness, they allowed five earned runs. Like, that's that's ridiculous. Like, I, 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 I can't... Um, Put into they didn't even use their lefty Will Smith. They didn't even use him. Ryan Stanek, who had a one fifteen ERA in, in the whole season and was a dependable arm, he was given like mop up duty. Like, okay, yeah. we gotta cover this stuff, so might as well have the guy who just you know got a record ERA for a reliever in our franchise. You do it. Unbelievable how deep this team was and and was able to just show off. Um, and the Phillies had to play perfectly, and they couldn't. At the end of the day, they, they, they couldn't. What's crazy is that the Astros did all this without the need for Carlos Correa, without the need for Michael Brantley, without the need for others as well, and I'm getting a little bit of a sneaking subspi- uh, suspicion or, I guess, uh, a, uh, a problem that uh, this could be the start of a little mini dynasty here for the Astros. When you look at some of the players on this roster from top to bottom and the ages of the players on this roster from top to bottom, Jeremy Pena, 22, 
Jordan Alvarez, 25. Kyle Tucker, 25. Luis Garcia, 25. Christian Javier, 25. Brian Abreu, 25. Chase McCormick, 27. Urquidy, 27. Bregman, 28. Valdez, 28. McCullers, 28. It's a pretty big group of standouts, if not superstars, that are under 30. So I would say for, I mean, I would not bet against this team if you tell me, hey, uh, will the Astros win another ring in the next three or four years? I'd probably lean towards, yeah, it, it could definitely happen. I don't think the dynasty has started. I think we have seen it, uh, really, yeah. because six straight ALCS, that's that's no joke. Uh, you know, one of the only teams that have had, that has been able to kind of slate that Houston dragon wa- was the Rays. And they almost coughed it up in 2020 with a 3-0 lead, and they had to go to Game 7, but they didn't. Good for them. Uh, but no, this this team, this, this organization, they decided, hey, you know, we're going to tank for like four or five years. And then we're going to come back stronger than ever. And they did that. But the, everybody can do that, right? I mean, the Tigers have, have mm-hmm. been doing that since the last decade. And it hasn't worked out for them. So you really have to not only commit to really tank and then draft properly. And then after you draft properly, then you have to develop properly. Uh, and then have those guys the right mental capacity to, to survive in the major leagues. Not only survive, then they have to thrive in the major leagues. Like everything has to go perfectly. And the Houston Astros have done such a remarkable job organizationally uh, organizationally to to put all these things together. Kevin, I want you to tell me what other organization in could not only have six straight LCSs, but lose the caliber players of George Springer, Carlos Correa, Garrett Cole, and, and still be okay and still be fine. I mean, it, it, it should be criminal that you lose a guy with, with Carlos Correa's um, prowess and then you just develop a Jeremy Pena who became the ALCS MVP and World Series MVP and has a gold glove. Like, that shouldn't be fair. Too. It's, you know? like he was, it's not like he had, okay, he's, he's, you know, he's established himself for a couple of years. It was literally going from Correa to a rookie, which is insane. And for him to be as good as he's been, yeah, they've got Unreal. something... It, I mean, there more or less, I mean, there is even a book out there called Astro Ball, which speaks to what they've been able to do. But think about, um, I mean, they're the Rays with the budget, more or less. Yeah, no. And, and, and that's why we, as fans of the Rays, we would like to see a little bit more money put into the, the payroll because that's... We have the smarts. We have the intelligent front office. I mean, I would put the Rays front office... Uh, against anyone, and 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 we would probably see the Rays be on the podium, um, but that the issue is that you you don't have the capability of bringing in a a, a Freddie Freeman. Ultimately, you you don't bring in the, the Trey Turners. Uh, I don't know if you saw that promo vid that Trey Turner sent out with uh, Don Draper, basically uh, narrating what Trey Turner does. But it was pretty cool, and it was sent out to like all the teams. Uh, like you, you can't. The race fans know. Well, some of them, some yeah. some race fans are like, "Oh, Trey Turner is gonna be a Ray." Like, no, and and that's unfortunate, and that's that's the business side of things. Like the Rays are always going to be completely out on that A plus top tier free agent, and that's why they yeah. can't get to that Astros level of play. 
Again, uh, Trey Turner, we're talking about Wagyu beef. The Rays are looking at flank steaks. Most likely. That's kind of the way they go about things. Sure. Uh, BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get all the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer and esports as all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts like ours, you can find those at BetOnline as well. So head over to their website today. Or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. During game six, there was a moment, the moment. Did you get a Tampa Bay Rays flashback of 2020? I honestly was uh, out of commission on game six. I just heard about the uh, highlights. I did not get a chance to watch it, honestly. Wheeler was around 72, 76 pitches. Let me tell tell me if this sounds familiar. Your starting pitcher is at around less than uh, eighty pitches. Has a couple men on base, one hits batsman. Uh, big guy, lefty coming up. You got Wheeler on the mound, so righty against lefty, mm-hmm. and you call your lefty, Jose Alvarado. Three run bomb. The guy has no splits. Your Don doesn't care if you're a lefty or a righty. Right. At all. He doesn't. He spits at it. Um, I I love baseball, and I am hooked, and I will forever be hooked. They got me. for. Uh, they got me. I can't just not. Something would mm-hmm. horribly have to happen for baseball for me to not give a blank about it. I still can say I don't like this way of baseball. Just always just going with the damn spreadsheet. And I want to see that spreadsheet because Jordan, again, has no splits. I know lefty against lefty. Oh, maybe his his stuff plays better. Jose Jose's to 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 Zach's there, but I just don't understand. Ultimately, we're we're it's an entertainment. It's 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 fun. It's it's watching human beings under the brightest of lights, under the biggest pressure, and saying, Do you have it though? Is there something that that right. spreadsheet doesn't recognize in the heart of a human athlete? I mean, if you don't believe in the human heart of athlete, what are you doing watching sports? If all you will ever care about is what the green bubbles say and the red bubbles say on that spreadsheet, play Stratomatic. Go play pinball. Yeah. You know, these are human beings. Don't you want to see something unreal something crazy is that not what got you into watching baseball forgot if you're a race fan and you're just looking at data sheet do you i mean what data sheet said dan johnson was the, uh, the great pinch hit situation there right tell me there was no data sheet that said dan johnson would hit that home run and yet joe madden went with his gut there like yeah i hate the fact that we're not really seeing the gut anymore just a little bit why are we not seeing that it's i i'm all for having more data more sabermetrics more analytics get it all in there but at the end of the day like when you're in the playoffs like don't you just want to see what that human being can do in the pressure of pressures i do Maybe maybe I'm alone in that. Maybe people want to be like, no, uh, 99% of the time that that happens, I really want to say, I just follow the thing, man. Fine. Yeah. You're that guy. All right. Maybe I'm alone in this, but I don't think I'm alone. 
And I don't think that makes me an old man yelling at clouds. And I don't think that makes me a get off my my lawn old man because I'm not. But right. I just don't like, can we just have a gray area? Can we just have all the data to develop guys and and see what they can do and, 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 and have tr- shrewd traits? But at the end of the day, if the guy has 76 pitches and he's your guy, don't you just want to yeah. see something fun in the playoffs? I don't know. No, I mean, just from a, and I know that we use the word gut instinct, but really it should just be a informational instinct and just baseball watching expertise of, yeah, we can look at the numbers and look at the splits and lefty versus lefty and all that, but just maybe a common sense instinct goes into that gut instinct as well that, Hey, I'd rather have Zach Wheeler at 70 plus pitches rather than Jose Alvarado coming in cold in facing Jordan Alvarez right away. And um, I mean, we, we know the Jose Alvarado with the Rays and I know he's, he, he was more productive with the Phillies, but that just, uh, the, the idea of that really, really scares me. And it's not like it'd be one thing if Jose Alvarado was a guy that for the Phillies this year is like, Oh yeah, he's got a sub two ERA and he put together 35, 40 saves, but he really wasn't that. No, he wasn't. And in this same series, he was brought in with the bases loaded, zero outs, and and to Jordan. And what happened? He hits him right in the butt. Yeah. He hit him right in the butt. Yeah, he also got Jordan out a couple times too. But I I just we know Jose Alvarado. And I don't yeah. he was in triple A this year. He had to he had to go fix some stuff up. Like I I don't understand the whole, no, a cold arm from the bullpen is way better in this high pressure situation than the guy who's warm and all that. Like, I just, I don't understand how everybody's just is moving a hundred percent into one camp onto one side of, of, of baseball thought of this echo chamber of, of, I don't understand. Like, how is this just not, is there no gray area anymore in anything? I mean, you know, we, we make fun of, yeah. you know, politics all the time. You know, when, when we made that reference, like, oh, blue or red, nothing else. Like, in baseball, is it just, like, analytics or just RBIs are the best thing ever? Like, can't we just have it all and just eat it all and, and have a great meal, have a nice little side dish, nice dessert. Oh, save your metrics. Oh, that's delicious. Mm, I'm going to keep my guy at 76 pitches, though, because he's my ace. Is Zach Wheeler at 76 pitches a better pitcher than Jose Alvarado fresh from the bullpen? I would think so, yeah. That's it. And I think it's going to, at some point, there's going to be a market correction where we're getting to the point where we've leaned way too much on analytics to the point where it can hurt you or sacrifice you in a game and not to say you're going to bring back the old crusty manager that smokes cigarettes in the dugout and you're not bringing back Jim Leland, but somebody who can take all that data and, you know, have it in the back of their mind, but also know, you know, from past experiences during a season or just be able to look at things objectively besides just looking at, um, you know, whatever the, the in-depth stat or analytics says that, Hey, uh, Zach Wheeler with 70 plus pitches. I trust him in this moment 
more than Jose Alvarado. Or maybe there's a, a case where it's vice versa. Maybe Zach Wheeler had gotten blown up previously by Jordan Alvarez during the course of the season or during the course of the playoffs. I don't know that, but you just use that, that volume of data that you may have of watching these guys in person as well and see, Oh, well you, you can watch. I mean, you're not too far from the mound to see, okay, is Zach Wheeler still mowing him down or man? Yeah. He's at 70 pitches, 70 plus pitches, but He's starting to get a little tired. His delivery is starting to go a little out of whack. He's throwing a few more balls than we expected. It's all about uh, – you, you just got to look deeper than the the basic decision of, okay, we got to pull this guy out for a, to bring in a lefty, I think. Um, and, so, and, that's frustrating. And, so I guess it brings you back to the uh, Blake Snell moment. Is that, uh, you know, to put a bow on this thing? A hundred percent it brought me back. And I, and I think a lot of race fans had that reaction of it, like, oh, I've been there before. And maybe – I uh, maybe it, it won't get as much track record and, and, and it won't erase the Blake Snell um, because everybody always talks about, oh, Blake Snell, Kevin Cash taking him out. And it always bothers me as a race fan to, to, to have to hear that from other fan bases and and, mm-hmm. you know, announcers and all that. But uh, hopefully, <laughs> you know, they maybe replace Blake Snell, some of them with the name Zach Wheeler and Rob Thompson for Kevin Cash. And that would make me happy as a race fan, not to have to listen to that in every playoff yeah. game announced, or maybe even in a July game, like, Oh, remember when Kevin Cash? maybe they can say Rob Thompson right. and, and Zach Wheeler from now on. Hopefully. Yeah. It's uh, you know, low hanging fruit uh, when you're talking about the Rays on a national broadcast yeah. or television or radio show. Uh, speaking of the Rays, so yeah, the World Series is over. We're into the off season, and players have become free agents. And as I was uh, looking at some Rays news, I saw that hey, Corey Kluber's a free agent, David Peralta is a free agent, Mike Zanino's a free agent, and. Kevin Kiermaier will soon join them when his uh, 2023 option is inevitably declined over the next couple of days. Uh, question, Ulysses, will any of these players be back on the Rays in 2023? And if so, which ones or which is most likely to return their one or two? I think none of them are obviously going to get you know a qualifying offer. I think that's pretty obvious. Uh, if they return... I think Zunino has the highest capability of returning. And we've talked about this mm-hmm. during the season. You know, um, he, he's a Florida guy. He, he might want to stay with the Rays and not have to do basically what he did when he got traded to, to the race, which is basically forego his, his hitting side ability and, and, and practice and during spring training and just focus on getting a rapport with the pitching staff. And, and that's going to see right. a dip in his offensive production. So I think it would behoove him to maybe take a a kind of a pay cut and, and stay with the Rays. And I think the Rays would be interested in that. But as for Corey Kluber, David Peralta, and Kevin Kiermaier, I just I don't think that's going to happen at all. Not even if the price is right, I don't think. Because Corey, I mean, Kluber should get some good um, good traction. I mean, he, he had a, a pretty fine season for a 36-year-old. Who hadn't really pitched. Oh, I, I think a fine season for a 26-year-old, quite frankly. I mean, I, I'd be shocked if he doesn't get a multi-year deal. I would, too. I would, too. I mean, I, I think a team with maybe uh, the need for starting pitching, like a Texas Rangers team, <laughs> maybe they yeah. maybe they have PTSD. But, uh, yeah, you know, so a team that ha- needs a, a veteran in, in, in their pitching staff, I think he would do well. 
David Peralta, I mean, it. I think he brought that veteran clubhouse feel that you wanted, that you needed in, in a very, very young group. The power was not there. Uh, so I think he's not returning. Uh, right. Kevin Kiermaier, the outfield is completely filled up, man. And, and yeah. so I, I don't think he's going to, to come back. So if anybody, it would be Mike Zanino. Yeah, and that begs the question, if Mike Zanino was to return, what do you do with combination of Christian Bethencourt and Francisco Mejia and maybe I guess we could go further down the line of Rene Pinto and a catcher or two that might be needed to be added to the 40-man roster due to the rule five constraints so that is a question mark as well that I'm sure we'll answer at some point but um, yeah it's, it's interesting about Zanino I think you know I don't know what he could necessarily garner on the open market, but he knows this organization like the back of it of his hand. And I think the comfortability factor and not having to uproot his family could maybe make a difference. And I have said this before, maybe make the difference in a million dollars here, $2 million there. Um, and sure. you just load it up with incentives and, and see if he takes a crack at it. I do think they're, could be a way to weasel him in to the roster. But again, considering the play and what we saw from Mejia and Bethancourt, the Rays might be, might just say, Hey, Zinino, you are a great part of this organization. Uh, you did wonderful things. You've had a huge impact and you've taught Mejia a lot in the other catchers and the, the pitching staff a lot. And uh, I think we're set. I, I think we're good for this year and for the foreseeable future without you, unfortunately. Can I give you a conspiracy theory? Sure. When was the last time you saw Mike Zunino in, in the dugout? Oh, yeah. Uh, I, think, I don't recall. I don't recall. And, I mean, I, I didn't see him in the playoffs. If you did see him and you're watching us on YouTube, make sure to subscribe and hit that like button and do us a favor of that. And then write us in the comment. Yeah, I saw him. You missed him, dude. He was there in mm-hmm. game one, or he was there in game two, or he was in an October 2nd game. I don't remember him from a long, long time. So my conspiracy theory is Kevin Kiermaier was there all the time. Mm. Tyler Glasnow, when he was hurt, he was there all the time in the dugout. Why wasn't Mike Zunino in the dugout when he was hurt? Um, yeah, yeah, some guys take take injuries different, and and they might... You know, just don't want to be around the team because it makes them sad and and all that. But I guess it would wouldn't it make you sadder to just be home and watching the game on TV again? He, it's different. Mm-hmm. He has a couple of young kids, so why would he you know go to the ball game? Uh, you know the the stadium all the time when he can just be yeah. with his kids. Uh, well, Kiermaier that, has young kids too. I mean, thank you. So I just I didn't. That's been kind of mulling around in my mind, like. Maybe mm. a Zunino reunion is not really happening. Like he was just like, nope, I'm out. And maybe he just didn't feel like it and doesn't want to return. And and that's okay. I mean, maybe he he feels like he can do a Travis Darno type of deal, like a two year, fifteen mil somewhere else, and that's not going to be the race. And again, those kids need a college, Kevin. They need a college tuition to be paid. So if the race don't want to shellac the 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 green skittles, well. I mean, he's not going to go to bet online, right? I mean, he just yeah. has to, you know, play for for that. 
So you would take the odds that none of those four names will be on the Rays in 2023 if you were a betting man. I think I think that that's a more likely more likely scenario that none of those four guys come back than Mike Zunino and the three don't come back. Yes. I don't know where you stand. No, I mean, and you make a really good point about Zanino not seeing him on the sidelines or dugout, I should say. Um, and I don't even recall, like, you know, even with the injured guys, I feel like some of the reporters would talk to them about, hey, you know, how, how you're coming along and uh, how Zero. the are doing. And it's been, yeah, a lot of a lot of nothing. And it'd be one thing if, oh, okay, you know, Mike Zanino, his, his hometown is in San Francisco, but no, he's a Florida guy. Like, if there's anybody as as accessible to the Rays, it would be a guy like that. So that is, uh, and who knows, maybe there's something going on in his personal life. I can also tell you this, uh, conspiracy theory onto your conspiracy theory. Uh, Mike Zanino, his father, works for the Cincinnati Reds. Also, his family lives and is from Cape Coral, Cape Coral devastated ravaged by the hurricane uh and maybe he had larger things to tend to but then again i'm sure other players have had their own uh issues that they've had to sort through and they still find a way to make it part of a team didn't they make a mention of shane mcclanahan's parents like being okay in cape coral after the hurricane D- yeah. did i misremember I don't that there's think... any mention of zanino quite frankly there was no yeah. mention of zanino why was there no mention of zanino Hashtag, where is Zunino? Yeah. Hashtag, no, and that's, a, that's actually a, that's a great point because. Wouldn't they have I mean, made a, 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 something about it? As synonymous as Shane McClanahan is with the Cape Coral area, Mike Zanino is as synonymous with that area as well from Mariner High School. So you would think that in the same article that, okay, Shane McClanahan's family doing well, uh, Mike Zanino's family, uh, you know, they're hit a little bit harder or there's something else going on or he's out, he's down there. Uh, assisting with the recovery efforts and Mike Zanino has been, I mean, he's a you know, more or less a team captain, a leader. Like he's an out, he's a guy that has never been afraid or shied away from the media. Like he's always, you know, been forthright with those, ter- uh, those sorts of responsibilities. So I, again, totally speculating here, but maybe it was one of those things. Hey, let Mejia Bethancourt sort things out, figure things out. Uh, don't need too many cooks in the kitchen. I don't know, but that is, and, and I can tell you this. I mean, uh, Ulysses, you watch as much, if not more baseball than any, than anybody. So if you didn't see Mike Zanino in the dugout, I don't know if anybody else is going to see him in the dugout, but who knows? We, we, there's probably some uh, internet sleuth out there that can, you know, pull it up on hey September 30th, uh, Hopefully. you know, at, at 420, we, we, we saw Zanino in the dugout. Sure. I, I don't think that'll happen, but if it yeah. does, if you're internet sleuth and you're, and you're a race fan, please, please put it down in the comments. Yeah. And again, make sure to subscribe and like that button. And uh, yeah, having set this conspiracy theories on, on top of the conspiracy theories, yeah, I don't think he's coming back. And that's it, man. This is going to be fun. Like, this is an off-season hot stove. You're going to get a lot of conspiracy theories here, folks. I mean, we love it. We have fun with it. This is an entertainment podcast with a lot of baseball thrown in so yeah. if you like that sort of thing well make sure again to hit that subscribe button and that like button on youtube yes and you said it well again thank you for making the locked on Rays podcast your very first listen every day now make your second listen the locked 
on Sports Today podcast. That is also free and available on all platforms. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Stay safe, and we will talk to you tomorrow.